want to welcome you to the Wealthy Place Church, where we believe the spiritual and practical will come together to help you find your wealthy place in God. Our foundation scripture, Thou has caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but Thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Psalms 66.12 Now, let's go right into the service. Well, praise the Lord. So glad to be with you again, Dr. J. Calvin Tibbs. And I am excited to be here with you. You're like family now, so we're at home. So, hey, family, hope y'all are doing good. Hey to our spiritual father, Dr. H. Michael Chitwood. I know he's doing good. And it's a good day to be here for part three of You Get What You Pay For. I'm going to move along kind of Uh, expeditiously because we have a lot of ground to cover. I hope you listened to the previous two broadcasts on this series or in this series where we covered information about what Satan does and how he works to hire people in his virtual company that has physical locations in every nation. And if you got that, then you can get this next part of it because these two sessions here are intended to help you sort of recognize if you are acting like you're moving away from a W-2 employee of the Lord Jesus and you are actually moving towards, if you are, this is going to help you see that you have that tendency to be a 1099 part-time contractor to the sin company. And none of us want to end up working for Satan. Father, we indeed need you. We need you to know what's right and you gave us your spirit. We need to know what's wrong. You gave us your word. So between your spirit and your word, your word is a lamp and it's a light. We know clearly, and Father, you're giving increased revelation knowledge, even now, so that we recognize in earnest the wages, what we pay for is of sin is death. But there's a gift, and we want the gift, the gift of God, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus. For that, we honor you, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Make sure you stay all the way through so you can hear everything and then give yourself an opportunity to grow by your giving. Now, starting off, we've been through what I just shared with you before, and you want to tell somebody to get on so they can hear the rest of this, right? In case you enjoy the first couple. And uh, my brother, Dr. Shannon Cook, I'm telling you, we enjoy being servants to the Most High God and serving Dr. H. Michael Chitwood and you here at the Wealthy Place Church. I love our verse in Psalm 66 that says that folks ran over our heads. That is an indication of things that have occurred. Sometimes we've not had the best of times. America is still, the globe is, still in a pandemic. For some, rolling over the heads, through the fire, through the flood. However, (laughs) it's the end that we want to be here for, the fourth quarter to look at the score. And that score says we win because God brought us into a wealthy place. Now, listen, to stay wealthy, you got to stay healthy. And the way to stay healthy is to stay in God's word, clearly defined as a W-2 employee of the King of Kings. You do not want to vacillate back and forth and back and forth between two opinions. The W-2 opinion is Christ is is the Lord. He is the King of our Kings. And there is lots to learn about him. And that's where the growth comes in, no matter how young or how old you are, growing is normal to the believer's experience. When you stop growing because of what the pastor did or because of what somebody said, or you just tired of all these church people, that don't help you grow. It makes you a prime candidate to be a 1099 useful 
contractor <laughs> for the same company. And we're trying to keep you away from that. So we're going to talk about some things to look at in your own walk, in your own life that reveals where you are in terms of the tendencies to move away from your rightful inheritance as a W-2 employee for the Lord. So the first thing I wanna, wanna take you through, we're gonna do five today because we got 10 total. So you get what you pay for. Now here's one thing you can look at to see if you have a 1099 tendency. And it's this, there's a minimal insight of how authority works from God's perspective. Again, if you have a minimal insight on how real authority works from God's perspective, then you are probably a candidate for 1099 part-time employment from the same company, a virtual company that has physical offices all around the globe. That is correct. Working through people. One of those things that is right off the bat important is to know what you think or what God thinks about authority. So if you have a minimal insight on what God thinks about authority, you're probably a 1099 candidate. Look at Genesis chapter three, verse number 17. And it says, and Abraham, or and God said to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat because you didn't listen to the authority. Now cursed is the ground because of you and in pain you're gonna eat all the days of your life. That's Genesis chapter three, verse 17. Now, Adam didn't just do the opposite in isolation. He had help. He had help from the CEO and the president of the same corporation, Satan himself. So Satan posed three words. I would submit to you, these are three of the most diabolical words that match the opposite of three of the most powerful words ever spoken. Hath God said, and it is finished. Hath God said, it is finished. The three words on the hath God said side were the setup to get authority away from the man. And Satan knew that. If he could get authority, now he could reign. And that's why America and the world is in the shape that it is in because our ancestor, Adam, gave up authority. He had a minimal insight at the point that something else was introduced, namely a beautiful naked wife, <laughs> looked better than anybody in the garden, and her influence over him, she was deceived, he was disobedient. Both of them had a minimal insight on how authority worked. If they only knew, they would not, they would have cut that, that snake's head off, clean off, and gone on about his business. But because they didn't have the kind of insight that many of us also don't have, we become subject to him because of our minimal insight on how authority works from God's perspective. So take a look at how you are with authority and see how things work on that level. Because if you are not connected with greater insight, then the minimal insight causes you to be susceptible to being a 1099 part-time employee. Say, number two, casual approach to the ways of God. You know, he's a man upstairs. You can call him what you want to call him. But if you have a casual approach to the ways of God, bucking or denying his authority and therefore being disobedient is just normal. It's very easy. If there is a casual approach. See, the reason why wearing a suit to church is still a blessing and not overkill 
is because there is not a minimal or a casual approach to God. God is looked upon as more important than a business deal. And you don't typically go to business deals in shorts and t-shirts dressed any kind of way. You go presenting your best foot forward. Well, at church has now become a whole different kind of deal. And again, I ain't hating on nobody. I'm not hating on you with your tennis shoe wearing, jean wearing self. I wear them too from time to time. But I'm telling you, there are times when you need to bring your A game. But if there is a casual approach to the ways of God, then sooner or later, later Satan's going to make it real clear, God ain't asking for all of that. And that casual approach coupled with his approach brings deception. Check this out. This is in 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse number 17. It says, and Samuel said, though you are little in your own eyes, though you were little, are you now the head of the tribes of Israel and the Lord anointed you king over Israel and the Lord seated you or sent you on a mission and he told you to go into the kingdom of Israel. And from this day forward, I have given this to you. And the rest of this process goes, just so that I can summarize it, again, we're in 1 Samuel 15, verse 17, down to really around verse 31. This is the process where a Benjaminite named Saul, who was later appointed king, the prophet is coming to him now and saying, when you were small in your own eyes, when you were, if you will, a nobody to you and to everybody, God took you and raised you up and made you somebody, basically gave you a boat, gave you some kingdoms, gave you those buildings behind us, in this case, gave him the full charge as the king of Israel. So was it not important when you realize you weren't anybody when God picked you up, that now all of a sudden, you're making casual decisions that have little to do with obedience, but have everything to do with your preferences. And when that happened, the scripture says that Saul said to the prophet, I did what you said. See, that's what happens. When the Lord's talking to you, he's not talking to everybody. He's talking to you. But if you have a casual approach to what the Lord says to you, then it might be very easy to let the 1099 paperwork come out, sign that, and you have part-time use over in the wrong camp. You don't want to be like that. You don't want to be there. You want to obey the Lord because he's talking to you. What Saul ultimately did was he said, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I did keep the best. Because, you know, I didn't want to kill everything. I know what you had said, but I'm telling you. I and Samuel said, God today is taking the kingdom from you. Check this wording. Giving it to somebody that's better than you. Sometimes in churches, we don't want to say some people are better. Some people are better. They're better speakers. They're better musicians. They're better ushers, greeters. Whatever it is in the body that they do in a church environment, some people are better in accountants. Some people are better lawyers. Some people are better sports players, football players. That's why you have an all-star team because they are better than the ones that are not all-stars, right? But if you have a casual approach, that means that getting better is not your goal. And you've got to be that. We've got to be that. We've got to get better and better and better at staying a W-2 employee for the king so that we are not susceptible with a casual approach to the ways of God that got Saul taken out of office. So number one, we dealt with minimal insight on how authority works. And number two, a casual approach to the ways of God. So number three is a minimal awareness that the people of God are heirs. What? You heard it. 
a minimal approach, a minimal awareness to understanding that God's children are joint heirs. So if you're a joint heir and you're dogging people out because they're not in the same position as you, you're a 1099 part-time employee. We can't be minimally aware of how we treat people. Jesus even said, whatever you do unto the least of these, you've done that unto me. Why do you think he says, where were you when I was naked and hungry and, and, and sick and, and in prison and, and, and I was in need? Where were you? Well, for people who don't recognize the value of those people because they have a minimal awareness that you're dealing with a joint heir, you become a 1099 right on time because Satan uses this like, I mean, he just uses this kind of stuff very easily. So listen, this one could be found in Genesis chapter four, verse number, number nine. And this is the conversation. The Lord said to Cain, uh, where's your brother Abel? Now, this is God talking to a human being and Cain's concept of, if you will, working out his salvation, minimal awareness that you're dealing with an heir, is that he said, I don't know, you think I'm his, my brother's keeper or something? That's a bold somebody. You just got born. There ain't but four of you on the planet right now, you, your mama and your daddy and your brother that you just killed. Why'd you kill your brother, Cain? Why do we kill our brothers? And by the way, when I say brothers, I'm not talking tonality here because there's really only one color. It is not black and or white. It's shades of umber, shades of brown. Melanin determines whether you are a light brother or a dark brother, whether you belong to Ham on the dark brother side or Japheth on the light brother side or Sham in between on the Indian Asian side. See, we're related. Regardless of what you may believe, we're related. And I'll tell you this, Look it up scientifically. We're all related. We're blood. So for a blood brother to say to God, what do you think? I'm my brother's keeper. That tells me he has a minimal awareness that the guy he just took out was a joint heir. The way we treat each other has a lot to do with whether or not Satan is getting mileage out of our 1099 ways or if God is getting his way because we are W2 minded. Everybody that is created is somebody that needs the respect and especially do good to all of those who are of the household of faith. So number three is when there is a minimal awareness that the people of God are joint heirs, then we are lining up to be a 1099 employee. Let's look at number four. There's a casual approach to the leaders that God appoints. When there is a casual, I put my pants on like you put your pants on. <laughs> approach. When that is your thinking, you are at this point using a casual approach to what God put in place when he put leaders in place. And for this, we're going to go to Numbers chapter 12 and verse 8. It says, with him, I speak mouth to mouth. Who was he talking about? Moses. And he said, clearly, I don't talk to him in riddles. I speak plainly to him. And I do this in a way that should have gotten your attention. He says, why then were you not afraid? <laughs> you remember the movie? Mm -hmm. Be afraid. Mm -hmm. Be very afraid. Remember that movie? I mean, it's sort of like that when you deal with the reality that God's trying to get something done and all he's trying to do is get people to work with him. And so he's telling these two people, of course, brothers and sisters, you have Moses, Miriam, and her brother, Aaron, the three of them. 
And so God's saying, were you not afraid, given that I talk to prophets in visions and secret things, but with your brother, your flesh and blood, here we go again, flesh and blood. With flesh and blood, I talk to your brother face to face. Why were you not afraid? I'll tell you why you weren't afraid, because you have a casual approach to the leaders that I put in place. Listen, please don't want to be a buddy first with your leader. Or if your leader is a female, I just cheat with sisters. Of course you're sisters. But when it comes to authority and the appointment of those leaders, please don't try to get equal billing. You got your own place of authority. They ain't trying to be a mother to your children or a daddy to your child. In other words, the space that God put you in to serve, please don't be a 1099 part-time by trying to make the playing field level when the authority is not level because he gives more authority to the person that he called to start the work or the person that is the usher, they have that authority or the greeter, they have that authority. But ultimately the man or woman of God that's running the ministry or even the company that God has authorized because all authority, the scripture says in Romans, is from God. So if we're looking at them with this casual approach to leadership, because, you know, we're just kicking it, or we went to the same high school, or we're boys, or here you go, we're blood. We're blood. Yeah, I've been knowing Mo since I made sure he made it. <laughs> Miriam, older, older. I think, uh, I think the, the, the brother Aaron was older as well. But the bottom line is this, if we have a minimal or a casual approach to God's leaders, we'll bring them down where we can handle them. And here you go, where we can handle the fact that it's not us. 1099, sign here. There's no reason for this. There's enough authority going around. He's given you as much authority as you need in the areas where he has placed you. And if you are supporting someone like we're doing on this broadcast, we're supporting Dr. H. Michael Chitwood. We're not telling him what to do. We don't just pick our background or pick our location or say, I'm going to come from the Sahara Desert next week. I want you to use the sands of time. We don't do that. We ask him, what do you want? Because we're here serving him. Please get this revelation. In America, I know this thought of free agency is really deep where you just quit because he's making more. And I did better than he did. What's with this truce breaking? Ah, end of days stuff. That's why as we get closer to the end of time, Satan is looking for another 1099. My goodness, that ought to be a song. When we get to the end of time, Satan is looking for a 1099. I'm writing that one, so don't y'all take it. Listen, we got to recognize what time it is, and authority is one of those places. If we have a casual approach to the leaders that God appoints, then we'll find ourselves with a sin problem and not a skin problem. Can I say this to you? You know what ended up happening? Miriam's skin was changed. If you read the rest of that story, she had a sin problem that led to a skin problem. Is that not the issue in America today? See, because there's a casual approach to the way God set authority, including police officers, that some think ought to be defunded. If you do, you're defunding authority that God put in place. Here you go your protection. If you look at this in the realm of truth, when people violate the tenets of truth, 1099 paperwork is working.
All right, let's go to number five. Hey, we did good. I thought I'd go far further into this, but this one right here is sort of the, the fifth. I mean, all of them are very, very powerful because it shows us our tendency, our 1099 tendencies. This one deals with a minimal prayer life, minimal prayer life. And I know most of you on this broadcast are on fire going higher. Blessed to be a blessing. Just in case you aren't, I, I hope this encourages you. It's not a gotcha. I hope it encourages you. Now, check it out. If a person has a minimal prayer life, then they're going to probably be more easily swayed than any of these other areas. The reason I say that, because prayer is the easiest thing to get, because it's a conversation with God. And if base number one isn't happening, where you are conversing with the Lord, then it's not likely that verse number two or level number two is going to be acquired, which is understanding how authority works, even though authority was given right off the bat. But to me, the conversation should have done a lot to help Adam, to help Eve, and then work together on behalf of, but they're no different than we are. So I would have done the same thing. You would have done the same thing. God was showing us that I'll give you perfection and you'll still mess it up. That's why he had to come as the perfected one in order to take the place of the sin in us. So as a result of you putting all of that together, we would have done the same thing. But what I'm saying to you is an easy way, an easy way to stay out of 1099 territory is to have a developed prayer life. Because if your prayer life is minimal, it's going to be tough. Check this out. We're in the New Testament now. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2 says, For he who speaks in tongues, don't, 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 don't turn off the two. Stay right there. He who speaks in a tongue, because all of us speak in a tongue, native tongue, or a tongue you've learned, English, Spanish, uh, Swahili, whatever your native tongue may be. But in this context, he who speaks in a tongue, spiritual type of tongue, does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, nobody understands him he utters mysteries in the spirit. So your question would be then, why are you speaking in a language nobody understands? Great question. I'm glad that you asked that question because I don't want you to be tripped up in your W-2 responsibilities and start writing out that 1099 signature block and then getting used. Let's read it again. It says, he who speaks in this type of tongue does not speak to men. Let's say it this way. When you speak in an unknown tongue, you're talking to God. Now, this is cool. We want to speak to God. Well, I can speak to him in my native language. You absolutely can. But here we're talking about what happens on the minimal prayer life level. When you speak in tongues, you just went to a different level, different dimension of what is available. This is not religious. It's not denominational. It's not anti-you, anti-them. It's pro what Paul wrote. And we can't start picking and choosing what we're going to believe from Paul because of a doctrine that we disagree with, just know that if you want to speak uninterrupted to God, you have to speak in a language, here you go, you didn't learn through interpretation. <laughs> See, it's so powerful. If, if I were to write in English and speak in Spanish, my mind couldn't do both because it requires cognition. But when a person speaks in an unknown tongue, their spirit is praying. It's a very powerful place. Join it. Really, join us. And I'm not talking about in some kind of a club. I'm talking about join us in the reality that what is available to you 
is available to me. And when you are using a maximized level of work, you are less likely to fall victim of the enemy. Do people who speak in tongues have 1099 papers? Absolutely. And some people who speak in tongues, in case that's you, are some of the meanest Christians <laughs> because they use their gain to the advantage of taking advantage of other people. And it's wrong. But don't blame the gift. Don't blame the player. I mean, don't blame the game. Blame the player. If the player's messing up, don't, don't stop playing the game. I'm saying that to you to say that God indeed desires that we have this gift. And it goes on to say, if indeed no one understands him, he's uttering mysteries in the spirit. How would you like to just utter mysteries in your closet? Forget a public environment for the time being, just you in your secret closet. Or if you're single, you in the bed. Just pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Mystery, mystery, mystery. So if you have this, you're maximizing your prayer life. Keeping it minimal makes you susceptible to certain things that speaking in tongues could help, could help you accomplish. Check it out in verse 14. It says, the one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Don't you need edifying right now in a pandemic? Don't you need to be built up? That's what the word edification means, like a building, like the ones behind me. Wouldn't you like to be stronger, higher, bolder, faster? Well, he says here very clearly, the one who speaks in an unknown tongue is edifying himself. Then he says something, he switches on a dime. The one who prophesies, the one who prophesies edifies you or the church. So now we see there's a combination of speaking in tongues and edifying through prophecy. Then he says, verse number five, this is where we put it all together. I wish that you all spake in tongues, but I would rather that you prophesy. So check it. Either start prophesying and watch what God does there, keeping you real strong on the W-2 side, or speak in tongues and interpret it. And that is what helps the church. Look, you can't, you, you can't lose with all these blessings. You can't lose with these twos. There's too many of them. And then he says, he who prophesies, here you go, is greater. Notice it didn't say that prophets prophesy. You better believe prophets prophesy. But he's not talking to prophets. He's talking to us. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. And if we're not prophesying, we're not increasing. And if we're not increasing, we got a minimal prayer life thing going on. And I won't go deep into this, but I'll just tell you this very, very succinctly. Prayer from you is a request. The answer from God is a prophecy. When you then speak the prophetic word you just heard, in other words, when you speak the word God just spoke, you're no longer praying. You're bringing that thing to the next level of truth because you're now saying what God said to you and you don't have to be a prophet to do it. That's why I'm saying if you have a minimal prayer life, there are some papers that probably have already been signed on the side of the 1099. But if you increase your prayer life, Paul said, I wish that you would prophesy because he who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he, here you go, interprets so that the whole church may be edified. Then in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Now, in my estimation, I think that's the reason why he wrote three quarters of the New Testament, because the mysteries were, were released by the prayer life. And the mysteries in your life will be, become released through your increased prayer life. So I want you to put all that together. We just went through the first five of ways that you can kind of see 
if you have 1099 tendencies, okay? And you don't wanna be over on that side. And I just believe that a minimal insight on how authority works, you're gonna gain some insight. Number two, casual approach to the ways of God. You're gonna check that. You're gonna look at minimal awareness that the people of God are themselves joint heirs. Mm-hmm, treat folks right. Number four, casual approach to the leaders, give honor where honor is due. And then number five, if you have a minimal prayer life, you wanna crank that baby up right there. Now check it. In the last amount of time that we have here, your giving is a testimony. And this message you just heard was from heaven and it was a blessing as is the Wealthy Place Church. If I were you, I would give until you are satisfied that you have satisfied your testimony. What? Give until you have satisfied that you are satisfied that your testimony has been accurately represented by your gift. So in and of itself, you have a couple of places you can go. You can go to uh, wealthyplacechurch.org, give right there, real easy, real easy place for you to give. Or you can call 1-800-854-5891, 1-800-854-5891. Your giving is a testimony of what your life is saying. So if you say, well, I don't have anything to give, that's what your life is saying. How do you get out of it? Call your neighbor and say, listen, I need $5, not for milk, not for an Uber, to give. Because if you give out of a heart of expectation, your giving is a testimony of what your life is saying. Listen, no wonder the Bible says give and what? It will be given to you. How? Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, men will give into your bosom. And see that whole point about press down, shaking together and running over is making room for more. So the reality of our giving is connected to the reality of our testimony. So I just want to encourage you, give. Once again, you see the number 800-854-5891 or go to wealthyplacechurch.org. Listen, we're going to get together again real soon with the conclusion of these five things that help you see that you get what you pay for. We've already done these five. Let's get the final five taken care of. And in the meantime, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you, lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. We'll see you the next time. Thank you for joining us. Go to wealthyplacechurch.org to give your tithe and sow your seed. Welcome to the Jack Bosma podcasting channel on Anchor FM. We encourage listeners to donate and sponsor our activities so that we can grow our community and become very active. These donor and sponsorship requests are very important. We also suggest that subscribers and viewers provide us with a video message upon reviewing our content. Please ensure that the video message is titled and references a specific podcast. That way we can add comments that are made in a video message to our presentations. This is also a very important interaction. Thank you very much for viewing our content and invite others.